avenger or sword. As it is written, for your sake we have been killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Just stay in this place for a moment. It's really good just to be waiting on God, just to be worshipping, telling God, telling what we think of Him. But let's just continue, just you know, just in that place of adoration, <clears throat> with our hearts focused on Him. Just ask Him to speak. Holy Spirit, we invite you just to, um, just to reveal Jesus to us. Take control of our, our minds and our intuition, our uh, thoughts. Transform us above those clouds that we might see more clearly. See how you see. As you said that, Mark, I just got a picture of. Um, through a layer of clouds, just a <coughs> beam of light, like sunlight, just shining down on uh, on St Paul's, on, on the church, um, and it's just illuminating it in this bright yellow of the sun. Um, and I think God's just saying, you know I'm there, but even when it's cloudy, we know the sun is shining above it, but we've just got to find the time to get make the space to, to make a hole in those clouds to hear God and to, just to sense his presence and feel his warmth on us and just to receive that, uh, the growth and life that comes from the sun as we see it in the spring. Uh, we know what the sun does and that we've just got to individually and corporately find the time to, to, to stop and make space for him uh, and find a way through those clouds of busyness and everything that gets in the way. Um, that what we are doing here this weekend, we can go home and carry on doing. Imagine that scene. Just take your imagination to that picture of maybe a cloud above your head, but that hole in the clouds. You can see the blue sky above. See the the sun coming through. Just embrace that picture for a minute. Just to see where it takes you. Just receive whatever light God is shining on you at this moment. Just receive. Any word, any picture, any thought that just pops into your head as you as you dwell on that. Just, uh, just imagine that that hole in the clouds, and initially I saw blue sky, but then actually. It's almost like um, God was sort of turning the focus on a lens and <clears throat> my, my sight was drawn beyond just the sun, beyond just the sky to billions of stars and galaxies. Mm. Just the vastness of God 
and his creation and the vastness of what he has for you the fullness of life he has for you
farewell. We never, we never say goodbye to anyone. And it's just surreal just being in a room now, seeing you guys again and just seeing familiar faces. It's almost like the last two years hasn't happened. <laughs> Obviously it has, and a lot's happened in that time. Um, but it's, it's been really healing for me. So I just want to thank you all just for being here and just allowing me that moment. To, yeah, moment of closure, but also just a, uh, an opportunity just to, uh, to be blessed by your smiling faces. Sunday. We gave you a presentation, I remember. But it was recorded. Yeah, it, was we, recorded. it wasn't live. <laughs> we just literally filmed it. Yes. Six of us in the church. That's right. It was the weirdest. And, and I, I still haven't had a welcome meal at our new church. We still haven't really done anything. I mean, we've had church. And it, uh, in the normal way of things, mm. you guys would have been invited to my new parish to, to sort of spill the beans on what I really like <laughs> you're very welcome at any point <laughs> within reason yeah coach trip <laughs> yeah so thank you Ali's really missed out so I would tell her maybe we can arrange something similar for her <laughs> although I think she'll be in St Paul's tomorrow so that'd be lovely for her um, I'm hoping that some of you managed to get outside in a bit of nature and to ponder, you know, what God might be saying through, um, through what you've seen, what you've experienced. I don't know if anyone's got anything that they want to share. Um, this, maybe before, what you're thinking, uh, there was something I wanted to think, I was, not, I was drawn back to, it's not something that happened today, but I remember going on a walk on a Saturday afternoon recently, um, preparing for a talk and not really knowing where it was going to go and um, my, my sight was drawn to my shadow and it dawned on me that the sun was pretty bright pretty low in the sky and it, I realised that whenever I walked towards the sun my shadow was behind me it's pretty obvious really for a scientist but whenever I was walking away from the sun my shadow was in front of me. <laughs> yeah? Does that make sense? <laughs> and it just drew my mind to the fact that when, we, when, we, when we're trusting in God, when we're looking at God, our shadow, or our, our sin, or whatever you want to call it, is behind us. You know, all the stuff that hinders us, it's not in the way, because we're looking at Him. And But whether the minute we turn away from God, the minute we choose, and it's a choice, isn't it? The word repent is to turn 180 degrees. It's a deliberate reason for that. And when we're going that way, everything, all that stuff is in front of us. Anyway, that's just <laughs> that's just an example that I've had, you know, recently of pondering on, you know, nature and God suddenly drawing something out. It's something quite simple, really. If anyone's got anything to share, feel free to to join. I was thinking that I just like that when I realised that you could know, if it's ever raining, look, make sure the sun's behind you, and then you might see the rainbow. Because the rainbow is opposite the sun, which may seem obvious as well. Yeah. But if you think, and I'll try to think, I guess there's a spiritual way of looking at that. And if you think the sun's behind you, so maybe you turn from the sun, and you see the rainbow, and there's the promise that you can always turn back. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I'm just... 
spiritualizing it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, on the whole, so far, we've looked at hearing God for ourselves. Um, tonight, I want us to sort of shift our thought, really, and our hearing from God for one another. Um, there's two words in Scripture for the Word of God. One is Logos, and it's about the written Word and the living Word. So the Bible and Jesus are both referred to as the Logos. The, the, the written word of God in a sense. But the other word is rhema. The spoken word of God. Uh, and it's nearly always spoken for the benefit of others. And just like any of the other gifts of the Holy Spirit, they, they're always for strengthening and encouraging and comforting and building the church. That's why the Spirit gives gifts to build up the church. And that, I would suggest that's the primary purpose of prophecy. When we hear a word for someone else, the primary purpose of that, there, there are other times, but the main reason is to build up the church, to build up the body, to come, to, to affirm, <laughs> to go back to our ABC. And, and just like other gifts of the, of the Holy Spirit, they're, they're, they're like muscles that need to be exercised, and we need to sort of practice using them. And we need to train ourselves in a sense. Uh, and I want to encourage us all that we can all prophesy. We can all, the Holy Spirit can use us. And, and we, we think we create this sort of mystical thing around prophecy that certain people can do it. Certain people are very gifted in it and, and maybe it's not for me. But I just believe that tonight we, we just need to hear that, you know, that we, God can speak through all of us. Um, and maybe there's a, there's a jeopardy involved in prophecy, which is why we avoid it. Because when we hear from God for ourselves, it's only us that are affected if we get it wrong. If we're hearing from God for someone else, that, you know, there's that added jeopardy. <laughs> if we get it wrong, then it's affecting someone. Um, and that's maybe why we don't do it so often because we don't want to get it wrong. But I think if we stick to this principle, we're only going to bless them, we're only going to encourage them. And I, I don't think it should be any more unusual having a word for other people than what we've been talking about for the last three sessions. You know, I've been talking about having a, having a conversational presence of God, a conversational relationship with God, where... We walk with God. And it seems to me a really good thing to do when we're walking with God to be talking with God about our friends and our family. Because we're called to love God, but we're also called to love one another. And what a wonderful way to love one another, to be talking to God about our friends and our family. So I just think prophecy is a wonderful thing, it's a wonderful gift that is very underappreciated in, in the church. And uh, so I encourage you in, in a little bit of it, you know, maybe tonight and, and, and moving forward. And like I said, you know, I think as long as we stick to this, as long as we think, okay, I'm feeling that God is saying something for somebody, test it. Test it in a simple way. You know, is it positive? Is it affirming? Is it encouraging? 
is it biblical? And, and biblical is, is a is a tricky one, isn't it? Because you know you might go sh- shooting off on Google as we do. You know, there must be a word in the Bible that says this. Um, but I think it's, it's more than that. It's more than just finding a verse to fit, because that's dangerous. It, it's does it fit with the character of God as we know the character of God through having read it, through knowing who God is, and it's it's looking at the, the fundamentals of Scripture. God is light, and in him there is no darkness. God is love. You know, all these you know, things are great, but faith, hope, and love remain. You know, there are certain biblical principles that we all know that underpin Scripture. Sacrifice, covenant. And whatever it is should fit in somewhere along that, those lines. And is it Christ-like? Would it, would it say in that place that Jesus said it to the person instead of you? But I think even then, it, it might not be appropriate to share it. It's not always appropriate to share a word with someone. Um, and we, I was talking with someone, I can't remember, maybe Tom, we were talking about Joseph. Is that, was it, was it, you know, Joseph's dreams. Uh, and, and Joseph is a classic example of someone that wasn't quite sure when, when he should keep his mouth shut. Um, if you know that, you know, Joseph had lots of dreams. God spoke to him in dreams. But when he's 17, he gets his first dreams. And, you know, you can imagine how exciting it was. God gives him a dream, and he goes, Oh, guess what? <laughs> You're all going to bow down to me. <laughs> and I just wonder, you know, we don't know whether that was appropriate or not, but I wonder whether that 17-year-old, or I wonder when he was 35, looked back and thought, maybe that word from God at that time was the right... Maybe I should have pondered on that. Maybe the way I shared it with my family was not so appropriate. Um, because we know what happened. Now, you might say, well, it was God's will because he ended up being sold into slavery and everything else that happened to him. But sometimes it's not very good to share. Sometimes I think, you know, with maturity, God just wants us to hold that thought and maybe pray for the person. Pray for that situation. Um, and so if, if you're drawn to a certain person and you feel like God is saying something, the first thing I think we need to do is just pray for them. And I remember talking about this with Roger Forster, because um, he was talking about loving the lost. And I remember saying to him, how do you love the lost? How do you love people you don't know? Let alone love your neighbour or everything else, you know. And, and he, he very simply said, in Roger Forster's brilliant way, he just went, you pray for them. When you pray for people, you get God's heart for them. And I've never forgotten that. It's such a profound thing, yet simple thing. Is that, you know, so if God gives you a person, if he draws you to a person, if it's someone in church on a Sunday, if it's, you're in a lift or you're whatever else, and God draws them out, just, just pray for that person. Just say, Lord, I just want to bless that person. I thank you for them. How do you see them? What is it you want to say to them? Or what, what is it about them that you love? So I think, well, one of the things I really want to put, the, the, the purpose of prophecy is to share the heart of God for some. It's a lovely phrase, isn't it? The purpose of prophecy is to share the heart of God for someone in such a way that it leads to an encounter with Jesus. The purpose of prophecy is to share the heart of God for someone in such a way 
but it leads to an encounter with Jesus. It's not about us proving that we can hear God and getting a badge for it. It's not about us. And, and so it requires humility on our behalf to start with, you know, to actually share it if we're going to share it. So I say, pray. Pray for the person. Lord, what, what do you love about them? There's a lovely phrase in one of these books again. It says, draw out the gold. Draw out the gold in the person. Lord, what is it about that person? What matters to them? What do they enjoy doing? And a, a lot of people with testimonies, um, this Bill, Bill Hussack in particular, he, he always exercises this sort of method of asking a question to start with when he approaches someone. He asks God for a word of knowledge. He says, well, what is it you love about this person? And sometimes it's something really simple. Oh, they love football. They've got a real passion for Arsenal. I don't know why I'm giving them any credit today. <laughs> but actually, it's an in for him then. He, he, you know, he then goes up to the person with boldness and says, um, Do you like football? And then, and then he begins a conversation, a very simple, natural conversation with the person. Now, that sounds a bit you know, off beam for some of us, I think. Maybe we wouldn't even risk that. But just. Um, just asking God for his heart for them and having an opportunity then to then maybe have a conversation with the person if you think it's the appropriate thing to do. And like I said, some of us are um, knowers, some of us are feelers, some of us are seers. So there are different ways that you might hear God. It might be a picture, it might be a, a knowing. I think it's easier for people who are knowers because they almost have a word of knowledge that they can then start a conversation back in a very natural way. But he also talks about always starting with a question and actually giving the person permission to say no, the person to not, you know, to not want to engage. If they don't want to, it's a free choice. We must always give people um, permission to keep control of the situation. So just saying, can I share something with you? Can I, can I ask you a question? Does this mean anything to you? Um, because I think we always just remember, just remember that, that, that the intention of the conversation, if we're going to share something from God, is to draw them into an encounter with God. We must always remember that. I've, I've been to quite a few kind of workshops in prophecy where I think we forget that. And there's almost this sort of a free-for-all to sort of try it out and practice it. And it, it, it felt on those occasions that it felt a bit about me rather than the person that's receiving from God. Always about the other person. And that encounter that they have, whatever it's like, needs to leave them knowing that God loves them, knowing that God cares about them. That they matter to God. And all the time we're having that conversation, we should be looking for signs, you know, that they're, they're comfortable, they're happy, that they're okay to carry on. There's some classic examples where that didn't happen in those books as well.
And like I say, that phrase, drawing out the gold, is a lovely thing to be thinking of as we're having that conversation as we're seeking God for that other person. Seeking, drawing out the gold. When I was writing this and thinking about this, it reminded me of Zacchaeus, the story, the story of Zacchaeus in the Bible. Jesus turns up in Jer- Jericho, I think it is, um, and Zacchaeus is a tiny little man, so he's up in the tree, on the spot. But the point is that Jesus says, you know, to Zacchaeus, I'm, I'm coming to your house today. And everyone else is turning their nose up and thinking, what, him? He's the crook, he's the guy who's been taking our taxes and getting rich off our fucks. He works for the Romans. Jesus goes to his house. Because Jesus sees the potential in Zacchaeus. Jesus draws the gold out of Zacchaeus and he goes, There's something bad for you, and I'm going to spend some time with you. And, and when I finish with you, you're going to be in a better place than when I started. Um, I didn't realise that the name Zacchaeus to today actually means pure and innocent. That's what Zacchaeus means. And the Zacchaeus that everyone else knew was not pure and innocent. Um, but Jesus knew his real identity and drew it out, drew out that gold. And if we can be part of that, we can be used by God to draw gold out of someone. What a wonderful privilege that is. And then I just want to think about the, the other side of that. How do we receive a word? What happens when someone shares something to us? What do we do about that? You know, we, we trust that the other person shared it in a, in a, in a way that is, you know, they, they've, they've thought about the ABC, they, they've done their part. Do we just blindly accept that it's from God? Do we trust that they're more holy than we are? Well, no, clearly not. So we, we need to also be mulling over this, this you know, is this from God? Is this right, is this right to receive? Um, and, and there are three other tips that are useful and they are uh, to weigh it to walk in it no, wait on it (laughs) wait on it and walk in it weigh it wait on it and walk in it so we're to weigh it, and it's no, it's no different to this. You know, we weigh it. Does this sound like something from God? Does this uh, is this right for me? Um, ask the Holy Spirit, but also use your initiative, your intellect. Like I said, I think I said in the first session, you know, God doesn't remove our brains. We, we're unique. We're individuals, and God loves us, and God uses us. How does it make you feel when you receive a word? Does that make me feel loved? Does it make me feel encouraged? Does it have a positive effect on me? Does it bring me joy and peace and confidence? Or does it sound like the voice of a, you know, a judge or a bully? Because it's unlikely to be God. I'm not saying you know, that never happens, but on the whole, it's going to sound something positive. Um, James 3. Verse 17 says this, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, 
full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And we need discernment too. We need, we need to discern the situation that we're in. Um, think about Jesus healing on the Sabbath. Jesus healed lots of people on the Sabbath. Um, and if we just do this, we're in danger of missing out maybe on something from God because the Pharisees were quite good at this bit, weren't they? Jesus would see someone who needed healing on the Sabbath and go, clearly, I'm going to heal this guy. And the Pharisees would go, hang on, it's the Sabbath. Jesus went beyond that model and was listening to God and weighing it up and considering, okay, hang on a minute. It's not just about following the Lord, it's about listening to the Spirit as well. So weigh it. When you receive a word, weigh it. The other thing is to wait on it. Sometimes, you know, particularly if it's quite a weighty word, um, it, it's going to have an impact on us and we, we need to consider you know, the impact. Um, it might not be for now, it might be for later. I'll give you an example. Um, I don't think she realises actually, which means I must have a conversation with her, but Nikki Platt from St John's, St Paul's, um, had a word for me two and a half years ago, something like that. And she said, Mark, I felt like you were going to go to Japan at some point. I, I see a picture of you under one of those um, blossom, you know, Japanese blossom trees. Um, and I was thinking, gosh, that's amazing. I, I would love to go to Japan. And, you know, we've got, uh, we've got friends in Japan and they, that kind of fits. But, but then COVID happened and then you know, there's no way that we get to Japan at the moment. I was thinking, what, what, what was that about? You know, what, what a strange time to be given away about Japan. And it only came back to me recently, and it's another reason for me to you know, say, write things down, write things down. I'm talking to myself here, when people give you a word and you're weighing it, write it down, go back, you know, every, every couple of weeks or whatever, every month, just maybe get into a kind of routine of thinking, what did God say to me last, last week, last month? What might he be saying? Um, I now go to a Japanese boarding school at least once a month now to take services. Um, there's, there's a Japanese school just outside Horsham and they approached me and said we haven't got a chaplain at the moment we, we need someone to take our assemblies on a Sunday Sunday morning uh, and it's effectively the church service and I go there and I take their service and they've got a Japanese Blossom uh, <laughs> festival in two weeks time which I've been invited to so I inevitably <laughs> will end up taking a photo of me still under a Japanese Blossom tree which I was sent to Nikki um, but you know, just just because something doesn't seem right at the moment, not doesn't mean it's not necessarily for a few weeks' time, a few months' time, a few years' time. Um, so hold things and weigh them and weigh on them. Um, and then finally, walk in it. You know, if you get to the point where you think this is from God, you know, this this is a word from God, I need to take it seriously because I've weighed it up and I think it's right. Inevitably, it's going to require. Change is going to require us to make decisions. It might be to go somewhere, it might be to do something dramatic that changes your life and someone else's. So we need to discuss it, we need to plan, we need to test it. 
talk to family and friends about, about it. You know, and that's a really good thing to do as well. You know, we're a family, remember. And so we're not just to struggle with words from God on our own. Pray about words with other people as well. I think that's all I can say, really. I think it would be really good to have maybe some slightly less um, formal time, more informal, just just to maybe Neil could put some songs on and just feel free to move about, to pray, to worship, um, join in the songs. But also you might want to go over to the words the scriptures that we've written and the ones that are on the cards as well and just take one and maybe just sit with it for a bit and just pray over it and maybe look around the room and see if you think it might might be relevant to give it to someone or it might be for you um, and as I said already just if, if you don't want to do it in person you know, stick their name on it and put it in the, in the box there or we'll open those maybe at the end and, uh, and give those out um, the other thing you might want to do, it's just the thought I had, you know, if he was roaming outside this afternoon, you know, you might want to get your phone out, and I'll forgive you if you, it looks like you're checking the football scores, you know, get your phone out and, and just maybe Google photos of nature, not naturists, nature, <laughs> um, you know, just sort of, you know, glance through some images that might spark your imagination, or, you know, Neil's got some pictures, photos that go with some of the music as well. Um, or just sit quietly, just sit quietly and ask God. Um, but this might be an opportunity just for you to receive as well. You know, some of you might not have ever, or not recently, just sat quietly and just waited on God and asked Him to speak to you. And this is a real treat, isn't it? It's a blessing to have you be in this environment maybe without kids to put to bed and meals to prepare and stuff to do, you know, let's, let's make the most of this opportunity. Maybe just about half an hour or so um, and just to see what God has for us. Is that right? And, 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 and if you feel like you'd rather go and get a coffee next door and then come back in and you know, just move around, um, you don't need to make it, make it formal. Do you want to say anything before you do that, Steve? Is that right? Hurry up. Let me just pray for us in there. And also feel free, you know, to, to share stuff if you feel like something for everyone as well. So Father God, I just, I just want to thank you for the privilege of being in this place. I want to thank you for the privilege of, of just spending some time thinking about how we might be able to bless one another in such a wonderful way that we might receive something from you that will bless another person. Whether it's a word of encouragement, a word of wisdom. Just ask that you would just help us open our eyes, Lord, and open our hearts. That we would set our hearts on things above and we set our minds on things above as well. We'll take our 
take our thought life as well and our imagination over this time. And just help us to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name. Just one thing, just to just say, it's quite important when you hear the Spirit to be faithful to what the Spirit says to you, providing, of course, the ABC. Because um, I'm just reading a story about Hester, and she asked the Lord for a word for a young lady serving in a shop. And the Lord said, Go and tell her she's going to be a good mum. Now, she didn't, she was just a young girl, late teens. And uh, there's nothing wrong with going to tell you that you're going to be a good mum. The girl burst into tears because she had an abortion. She found out she was pregnant and was in an abortion book. Because of that word from God to her, she told, and God had made the space clear so that nobody else was in the shop at the same time. She said, I'm going to cancel the abortion right now. Because it was the word she'd actually said to herself, God, if you're real. She didn't know she wasn't. Yeah. But she prayed and said, God, if you're real, I want yeah. why did I keep this baby or not? So sometimes you just got to be yeah, I'm being direct. Being direct. Yeah. So if you're hearing that from yes. God, so yes. you just hear. Yeah. And and this is a, a loving, trusting environment. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Give give one another. And you're gonna be a good mum, it's not Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's affirming, it's yes, exactly. That's right, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't necessarily mean immediately, it could be <laughs> 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Go with, your, your first instincts are normally God, your second yeah. is normally you, I think. From experience, sometimes you kind of like, right. <laughs> yeah, because we start to rationalise things and think, well, that can't be that, it must be something else. So go with your gut first, go with your first instinct, but then pray over and then ask God. Yeah.